You are listening to Courageous Leadership, the podcast with me, Diana Osagi, the author of the book, Courageous Leadership. This is the place where inspirational leaders and everyday heroes share their inside stories of leadership. Today's episode features a guest sharing their mistakes, mishaps and triumphs. Let's dive in. Guys, welcome again to another episode of Mistakes, Mishaps and Triumphs. You know what I say every week? I've got a special guest. I have got a special guest. You've got to believe me. Trust me. She's very special. And what do I always do? I let the guests introduce themselves and tell us what they do for a living. My name is Christina Lennon. I help people upgrade their self-talk, their self-image and get clear on their direction so they can achieve whatever it is they want to achieve. (laughs) Now, so the listeners know, Christina, where did we meet? How we know each other? We met on an executive coaching training program quite a few years ago. It was a while, it was in 2016? Something, yeah. Something like that, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. It was, we, we came up for those weekends in Bristol, wasn't it? It was, I think it was Oxford. Was it Oxford? I can't remember. Similar, similar area. Some, somewhere <laughs> not near London. And <laughs> yeah, it was a women, it was a great, but come on. I mean, you said what you do for a living, but can you say what you're famous for? Well, I'm, I'm famous for being a hypnotist or rather having a dog that hypnotizes people (laughs) yeah just saying it I love it describe the dog it's the cutest little thing yeah she's a black fluffy German spitz her hair is so soft it's it's like a rabbit's fur it's she's really really soft she's like a little afro on legs yeah most people think she's a cat but or a scatter cushion. She's been mistaken for a scatter cushion <laughs> before. <laughs> a Mongolian scatter cushion. <laughs> and she hypnotized whom? She well, she's hypnotized Simon Cowell, Drew Barrymore, Ann and Deck, RuPaul, just lots and lots of She's very people. good at what she does. Yeah, she? James Corden. She- yeah. <laughs> She actually tried to bite James Corden. She wasn't too keen. Just too keen. Oh my gosh. So people are listening thinking, what? What am I hearing? I will add a link in the description box for this podcast to a YouTube video that I think I've seen. Mm-hmm. Britain's Got Talent, isn't it? Yeah. So people, so people can see you in action. And always at the end of the podcast, we always do, where can people find you and so on? But mm-hmm. we're not here to talk about the dog per se. No. Remember, <laughs> let's just go back. We are here to talk about mistakes, mishaps and triumphs. You know those times where I always say, now and again, we visit the land of numpty. Mm-hmm. We, just, we just go there and just do weird some stuff. people reside there yes yeah, <laughs> yeah got a villa <laughs> in the of yeah you know? but you're supposed to go there quickly come back and think why did I go why did I do that what happened what was wrong with me what was I thinking whenever you get yourself yes. thinking to yourself what was I thinking you were mm-hmm. in the land of numpty that's where yes. you were so yes. mistake mishap or triumph where do you want to start Christina well, the, it's one story that includes it all, really. <laughs> and it is it is my little trip to being named world's best hypnotist with with my with my pet. Shall I start with a mistake? 
absolutely let's start there so the mistake was I always remember I organized I used to love organizing things and I organized a family get-together and at the do there's we've got a big family there's about 300 cousins my eldest sister had to get up on the microphone and do all the speaking even though I'd organized it and that was because I had told myself that I couldn't speak in front of people I didn't have the confidence Mm -hmm. and I lived by that rule for many many years Mm -hmm. so that was my mistake not realizing that I could change that I saw that as my identity I'm not the type of person that could do that kind of thing just you say I told myself Mm. I can't do this Mm. I mean yes I teach yes I lead yes I I coach people but just hearing that again I I'm just thinking to myself Diana what have you told yourself Mm. I was in the gym this morning and normally I can deadlift about 100k which is a lot you know but Mm. that's what I can do but over the lockdown, I ate McDonald's, I ate Just Eat, I ate Deliveroo. I mean, I just <laughs> ate. <laughs> so my muscles have not got much memory of lifting 100k. <laughs> so I was in the gym yeah. this morning and I picked up 95k. Well, I tried to. It didn't move. 60. No. And I thought, Diana, you can lift 100k. This morning mm. I was lifting 50 just and I thought, my God, what, what am I going to have to do to get back to this? Mm. You know, because I remember telling myself before I did the 100K that you can't do it. Then yeah. I did it. But yeah. now, this morning, I couldn't do it again. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not, we can't turn superhuman, but it has a massive, massive impact. Yeah. We yeah. don't, if we tell ourselves we can't do something, there's no... There's no more neural connections where if we say, how do I do something? Then we'll send out more neural connections looking for. It's like slamming a door shut, isn't it, in your brain? Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. It's like entering a cul-de-sac. There's nowhere else isn't to go. It, I can't do that. Door yeah. shuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got nowhere to go with that. Yeah. But if you say I can't do it yet, that's that's pending. It's pending. Still, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. But if you say, how can I do it? It forces you to do the transdirectional search, look inside yourself and figure out how you can do the thing. So. Listeners, if you could see, I've just leaned back into my chair. I'm looking up at my my little cabin ceiling thinking, right. Because there are things I've told myself I can't Mm. do. Mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm thinking about I've got another business called the Academy of Women's Leadership and I've told myself I can't do the Facebook ads mm. it's complicated and I can't mm. be bothered basically yeah. <laughs> well that and that's what I always say to people look at your language don't tell yourself I can't do it you might not want to do it yeah I mean, yeah yeah but use the real you know most people when they say I can't do it mm. it means that they find it difficult it's difficult. They don't want to do it. I'm not motivated by it. It's the stuff I don't enjoy. Admin that has loads of data in it. Pfft, don't mm-hmm. want to do it. So therefore, I still can't do that. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and then when it's... I try to do it, I actually can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've already it's... now. I've, I've, I've shut the door, haven't I? Yeah, yeah. And we we mm. only live by the stories we tell ourselves. We tell ourselves stories about ourselves all the time. Mm-hmm. And we kind of live between those perimeters of, you know, what we've we've set down as, as achievable for ourselves. 
Hmm. We're going to get to the others in a bit, but I just want to stay here because <laughs> I, was, I was on holiday. I was in France a couple of weeks back. Mm-hmm. And for the first time ever, I had a whole day without eating carbohydrate. Wow. I mean, that people think, yeah, whatever. No, honestly, I'm Nigerian. We eat rice with everything. <laughs> so I, I normally have rice for breakfast. You know, I'll have last night's rice or a packet, rice and meat. Yeah. Rice and meat again for lunch with plantain and rice and meat. <laughs> rice is, is, so I don't, I don't normally not, I've, I've said to myself, I can't have a meal without carbohydrate. I've, I've said it to myself for mm-hmm. 49 years. Yeah. And I, and I said, that, that, it must be possible to go one day mm. and not eat rice or potato or pasta or, you know, yeah, bread. Yeah. And I mean, literally I, I ate vegetables all day. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the first time I was shocked mm. at how in 49 years of habit, turned in one day just by me saying it must be possible yeah I'm sure people do this so so you started to change your mind and started to send out new new you know trying to find new neural pathways and that's why coaching is so important that coaches ask questions to force the client to start doing those searches in their brain so your mistake was you said I cannot speak in public yes what happened yes. next? So somebody challenged me on that. And at the time I was a sales exec and a friend of mine, and I'd studied the psychotherapy, psychology, hypnosis, hypnotherapy. And a friend of mine had a stage show and he said, why don't you do my show? Instantly, I was like, I can't do that. Can't no way, that. I couldn't stand, yeah. on a mic- stand on a microphone, stand and speak <laughs> on a microphone. And he said, oh, I, th- I thought that's what you helped clients with overcome limiting beliefs and it was like a slap in the face (laughs) he did it on purpose and I was like oh okay I can see what I have to do here so the whole hypno dog thing came about as an experiment it was it was me putting my processes that I use with clients in place for myself to enable me to speak on a stage but I needed I needed a vehicle and stage hypnosis was a vehicle because I was already a hypnotherapist. I'm already trained in that kind of thing. It was just learning the show. And that gave me the platform then to be able to speak on a stage. So I went to work on myself and it was that much work. I didn't do enough work on the actual script for the show which led me to my mistake to your mishap (laughs) yes yeah my mishap which was lack of preparation Mm. I wasn't prepared at all didn't realize it was a whole two-hour show and I'd booked at Oxford University funnily enough Mm. and I died on my backside oh no they they did go under but they didn't take the suggestion on board and it was awful. I've ne- I was oh afterwards I was nearly passing out. The dra- the blood sort of drained <laughs> from my body. I did the standard, which people will probably see if they watch the videos. You know, count to ten, you'll miss the number seven. It didn't work. They said the number seven, so oh, I was just wow. like, oh, I don't know what to do. So I kind of said that there was a technical hitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And Blame the tools. <laughs> yeah, and ended the show. Unfortunately. What I'd done is I'd booked, knowing that I might find it difficult and I might back out, I'd already booked 
six shows. So I couldn't back out. And I'd spent the money because I'd gone on holiday to Australia for a month. (laughs) (laughs) As you do. I'd I'd spent the money. I was loving being a stage hypnotist and not actually having done a single stage show. I was loving spending the money. So yeah, then it was a massive struggle for the next week because I had two shows the following week. It was a massive struggle to get to where I needed to be. So the next show was filmed by the Daily Mail. It was filmed by the press wow. for the Daily Mail. Yeah. So it, I was under quite a lot of pressure to get it right. So I had to go home and practice with chairs. And I was quite good with the chairs. They they were under. So yeah, the chairs. <laughs> the table, yeah. yeah the chair, the table. <laughs> yeah, they were completely hypnotised. Um, so, yeah, I had to go home and practice and practice and practice. And then success. It, it worked. And then... BGT came knocking and my instant reaction instant reaction then was I can't do that I can't do it I can't go on TV you're back to the narrative aren't you yeah then I had to look at that again and had to challenge myself and there was a journey then I thought Britain's Got Talent was the end of my journey because the TV stuff died down but over the next few years up until recently I've had more and more TV offers, which I've I've taken. I always say yes and worry about how I'm going to do it afterwards. And there has been a lot of challenges. I've had to adapt what I do. And it went from an overt hypnosis show to a covert hypnosis show where I was having to hypnotize people covertly. So there was a huge learning curve for me. I hypnotized people with my dog in China, Russia, Japan, Germany. I've I've done 47 TV shows all over the world. And then I got a phone call from Hollywood. (laughs) Big time. And the dog's bleating pedigree chump. Yes. And they (laughs) wanted me to go out and film a TV show called The World's Best. Um, And they deemed me to be the world's best hypnotist. And I was going to be performing as the world's best hypnotist against other acts. So not yes. other hypnotists. I get you. Chose yeah. what they thought were the best acts in each category and then put them up against each other. So I didn't win, but I got named the world's best hypnotist by CBS. And I also yeah. got an O1 visa from America. And anybody who knows anything about getting an O1 visa, you have to get six people that are experts in your field to say that you are the leading expert in your field. So, yeah, it's quite, a, it's quite a big a, deal. It's a big deal. <laughs> that is a big deal. And, and the dog just takes it in her, is it a her dog or a he dog? She, yeah, she, she does. She's, she's quite takes it in her stride. Yeah, <laughs> she's got, she's getting old. She's got, she's a bit cantankerous now. So we, we, we retired her. So oh, she's like, I'm not hypnotizing today. Bring me a yeah. damn water. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Yeah, she'll only drink out of a glass. <laughs> she is a bit of a diva. <laughs> I was going to ask you for your triumph, but you told us. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's fair, but to it's say that, yeah, but to be named the world's best without you having to say, I'm the world, someone tells you, we think yeah. you're the best. Yeah. It was, there was massive imposter syndrome when, oh, you know, yeah. when they contacted me and were like, we want you to perform. And I'm thinking... Me, me <laughs> from Leeds, <laughs> really? And yeah. it was then I was like, they were like, yeah, you need to 
it, the funny thing was I tried to get into America with a normal visa and I got stopped and they Googled me and researched me and they were like, you can't go in on a normal visa. You need an O1 visa. Really? Yeah. And they and O1 visa are for people with ex, um, exceptional skills or something like that. Skills and talent in their field. Mm. So it was like, oh, okay. So they actually, I'd downgraded myself trying to get another oh. cheaper option oh, yeah. yeah yeah and they yeah. they upgraded so I actually had to go a week later because I had to then do the year one application which was quite difficult my so, goodness yeah. what, a, what a powerful story I mean it's just that, that I can just see that learning curve of I can't do it yes you can on stage it dies I told you I can't do it yeah. <laughs> I was right. there. Yeah. yeah I validate my negative narrative I can't do it <laughs> well, I bought two more books next week and I have to do it. <laughs> you practice exactly. the scatter cushion under. <laughs> it's if I hadn't, everybody said I was mad booking six shows in in a row. Mm. But I know I don't work towards pleasure. I'm not forward orientated with my goals. I don't work towards a target. I work away from pain. So Right. I, in that way, I had to book the shows because put my back against a wall, I'll come out fighting. I'll, you know, move mountains. But unless my back's up against a wall, I tend not to move much. I'm quite lazy. So I, ha- I tend to, the way I motivate myself and the way I achieve the things I do, I always put my back against the wall. Always. Interesting. I've never heard that. Really? That. No. <laughs> I have never, I've heard, of course, solve your customers' pain, all that kind of thing, but I've never heard mm. that way of saying it. You know, I don't move towards pleasurable things. I move away from pain. Mm-hmm. And I'm just uh, quickly, and I'm looking up at the wall here because on the wall I've got a picture of my, of the school where I was head teacher. Someone drew a, like a, um, a graphic for me. I'm looking at it and it represents one of the most challenging times of my life, not just of my career, mm. but of my life. Mm-hmm. amazing in the end but the, the journey was oh painful mm-hmm. but it was I was it we were in pain the school was in a difficult circumstance and we had young people's lives in our hands mm-hmm. and we had to get things solved mm-hmm. against all the odds against all the the things like oh please you know kids like this with you know air quotes don't achieve like that all that kind of we were mm-hmm. fighting all these narratives on these young people's behalf but if we didn't do it, those kids would go under. Yeah. We had to do it. We, we were against the wall. We, we were the second worst. Yeah. I mean, when I became deputy head there in the early 2000s, we were the second worst school in the country. So, you know, when it comes to back against the wall, we were absolutely... Yeah. Like, I'm just thinking about, actually, I'm looking back over my life. A lot of things are like that where I, I'm okay and then something makes me swoop with my claws. <laughs> yeah. and boy, do you move then. Mm. oh then then I come out I, I mean I come out fighting but then I I think I, the way I articulate is I pull myself to my full height mm-hmm. physically I'm six foot but internally I'm 12 foot mm-hmm. that's the way I can describe when I when I if I stand up things will shift but mm-hmm. that means that you know you might lose a friendship or this will happen because I I'm gonna stand up now so I tend yeah. not to stand up unless really necessary there's a story you're telling yourself oh my gosh because if I stand up to my full height some people won't like it 
things will get done things will move things will shift and it makes me move and it's a lot of energy mm. my full height is very tall mm. it takes a lot of energy I don't want to do it too often because it's, it's knackering so for example writing the book I stood up mm. to my full height and I wrote the book yeah yeah and then so oh can you write book two Oh, yeah, give me a year or two. Yeah. Let me recover <laughs> from that standing up. I, I used to challenge myself with these things once a year. Yes. In, but it was exhausting. It is exhausting. You know, yeah. Exhausting. So I then took two, three years out where I didn't do anything massively, massively challenging. But then there was that need in me again. Yeah. So it's just yeah it's, you, get, you know yeah. then you write the book then you decide to become a speaker then you know you this. challenge these these stories these limits that you've placed on yourself all, and I'm, I'm aware of it I'm aware of it because I, I remember when I'm, so I'm dealing with some staff sometimes they're, they're being difficult and I look at them and I think if I really decide to take you on mm-hmm. it's not going to be pretty so I'm going to let you just carry on doing what you're doing, say what you want to say, have your meetings, have your union meeting, whatever you want to do. Because if I stand up mm. and, re- and, and exert what I know, what I feel and who I am, I don't want to overtake you. I, I, feel, mm. I, so I, I hold myself back yeah, because I don't want to overtake and, over, and flood somebody. Yeah. You know, because I know that I, I can be, my, my height is a lot for some people to take. Mm. Hey, sometimes I just stand up anyway. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, I've lost friends of, uh, along the way. Because I think when you're in that sort of, you're, you're probably talking high D, I on mm-hmm. the disc profile. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Which I am the same. Yeah. And people do find it intimidating. Yes. And I, I have to, I have somebody that works with me that softens my emails. Yes, my friend used to do that. Oh my God. <laughs> I have somebody will email me a big long paragraph and they'll be like, Hi, Christina, how was your holiday? How was yeah. this? Blah, blah, blah. Do you want to meet on Friday at three and let me know how this and, and I'll just read it all. Fluff, 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 fluff. fluff. Exactly. Yes, I'll meet you on Friday, Friday at three. Yeah. Bang. Yeah. And then, oh my God. We, we must be twins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was my other half that said, Did you not? say anything else did you no, know? I didn't. That, no. <laughs> so now now if I remember I will read a sentence respond to it read a sentence respond to it because otherwise it's just like straight to the yes. point and it's um, very it's very harsh sometimes it can come oh, across my staff is directly all the time I say to them they email long part I just email back what do you want <laughs> <laughs> very abrupt tell me in three words what you want <laughs> they email back I want time off Yes, yeah. you know, email done. All the rest of it. I but you see, got... when when you're moving with velocity, you haven't got time for the fluff, and that. you don't pay attention to detail. I don't pay attention to detail. Oh. I go straight for the target, and everything gets smashed in the process. And <laughs> but I get there. In in oh, a big... that's when you build a great team around you, isn't it? Exactly. That's you can have people is, that yeah, that, that move can... things out of the way when you go yeah, to when... run. <laughs> You're so soggy, it's coming quick. And they used to yeah. hide certain children from me because yeah. if I ever caught up with them. She's about to stand up. Everybody yeah. brace yourselves. Everyone brace yourselves. Yeah, it was. Oh, gosh, you've just... I mean, I've got listeners listening to the podcast. This has been like a personal coaching session. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. 
enjoyed my personal coaching that I'm now going to publish online for everyone to see. Yeah. Oh, it's been amazing. Okay, nice and slowly, where can people get in touch with you, engage with your content? How can we find you? I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. I don't really do Twitter. I don't understand it. You can search me by Christina Lennon, or if you just Google Hit the Dog, it will. There's a path that we. <laughs> Hypno Dog. <laughs> Hypno Dog. I was trying to get away from it for years, but I have to just own it. It's your dog, it's your show. <laughs> And, and I remember Simon Cowell's face as he was staring into the dog's eye, the, dead, the dog's looking back at him. It was yeah. amazing. <laughs> Just amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's been, it's, I mean, I say it again, it's been a pleasure having you for this personal coaching session. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to say thank you again to Christina Lennon for sharing your mistake, mishap and triumph with us. Thank you. You have been listening to Courageous Leadership, the podcast with me, your host, Diana Rezaghi, the author of the book, Courageous Leadership, available on Amazon now. You can reach me on LinkedIn, Twitter, or via the website, courageousleadership.co.uk. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. Until then, goodbye.